I'm going to end the argument once and for all why Donald Trump is the greatest president of all time. And trust me, it's not even close. He went to North Korea and brokered peace when the lamestream media said that there was going to be nuclear war. Six million new jobs were created under Trump. We had the lowest unemployment rate in over 50 years. More than four million people came off of food stamps. He created the biggest tax cuts ever for all social classes. He signed an executive order to clean the oceans. He's the only president to take on human trafficking, a.k.a. modern slavery. He created a human trafficking tax force and made January National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. For all the black people screaming racist, 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 we had a record low black unemployment rate, funding for HBCUs, opportunity zones, and criminal justice reform. So stop getting to your feelings on me and find me evidence of another president with a more impressive resume. I'm going to end the argument once and for all. So there you have it. Alright, so welcome to another Americana the American way with Big John here. Let's see what we can get rolling here. Got uh, some interesting stuff. So, on Rumble, Gab, Getter. No, I screwed it all up. On Getter, Gab, and Twitter. That's the other one. You can find me at the real underscore Big John. On Parlor, it's the real Big John, all one word. All of your podcast applications and platforms, it is Americana, the American Way channel. I'm going to spark one up here. It's supposed to snow tomorrow. I'm supposed to get it one to, <laughs> one to four inches of snow. I haven't looked at the particulars for my uh, area as of yet, so I stocked up on some stogies for tomorrow in case I don't feel like leaving the house other than maybe to go to the store. It's been a, a rough and rowdy week uh, weekend, man, uh, for me personally. Uh, I woke up this morning to... Uh, instant messages and text messages that a friend had passed away and um, without getting into too much locality politics and things uh, it's not really politics um, without getting into too much local BS I think um, had he chosen um, a better hospital to treat him he might still be alive but it is what it is and uh, I have used that hospital myself uh, they kept me alive but uh, many many moons ago the devil got into the heads of some people there and I almost died at that hospital and it doesn't have the best reputation but uh, it was kind of a rough day a rough start to the day waking up and you know hearing a friend of yours passed away that uh, I hadn't really kept in touch with too much um, but um, he was, you know, prominent local uh, attorney and judge, and uh, so my thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And you know, without naming him by name, because I don't, you know, this is the internet and it's nobody's damn business. Uh, you people that are watching probably didn't know the guy, but um, you know, say a little prayer for my friend's family tonight if you don't mind with that i'm gonna fire up got some little stuff here on my instagram story or yeah instagram story so uh now i'm a fire wife uh that's actually not a term they asked me to stop saying that um <laughs> 
the weird thing about firemen is they actually love the fires. I didn't know that, but they, they don't like to miss a fire. So he comes up. When God gives you a dream, the dream will always be tested. The pressure in your life right now has a purpose. It's not crushing you. It's pushing what's on the inside of you out. Ships on vigor of the waves of scam and barren summits to the verdant place. Each horizon is a new beginning rise and... 70s and 80s babies. Out here looking younger than everybody. That is true. Those of us that were born in the 70s and 80s, I think we look a lot younger than our parents did at our ages. Um, yeah, I see, I have a friend who is perpetually insecure and I have some gray in my beard, but this dude had wrinkles like five years ago. And I'm like, he came up to me one day and said, uh, John, you look old. And I just said, yeah, well, I am old. And uh, I knew what he was doing. I might even said, so do you. I don't know, who cares? What, um, the thing is, you know, I think each generation ages a little bit less than the one before. Um, I forget, you know, my mom turned 50 or 60, and I got her this card of, uh, and it said, 60 used to look a lot older and it was these, these this couple uh, like farmer and his wife and you could see like deep deep wrinkles in their faces uh, you know, their faces look kind of like a, a, a map of the Grand Canyon almost uh, and you know I think it you know we get we get so, we're getting soft personally and uh, Physically, but anyhow, it gives you don't care. Uh, there's a lot of bull crap around this January 6th committee, and I want to buzz through a few things here. But this caught my eye, and this is bullshit. This is Business Insider, and I'm very disappointed in them. I always thought. Business Insider was kind of a a neutral uh, or maybe even conservative-leaning publication. Uh, at best, I thought they were neutral. And, of course, nobody needs to lean conservative or, you know, left, right, whatever. It, it, um media should always be in the middle and just reporting the facts well anyhow uh yes there are facts in this article uh it says seven republican states seven republican states submitted documents and this is the part that's a lie Falsely certifying the election for Trump. The word falsely is the lie. Now, these states did submit those documents, but the reason was the results in their states were so piss poorly report recorded, report yeah, recorded as in the official record, the ballot counting was done so piss 
poorly, and there's no other way of putting it. Uh, signature matching on absentee ballots and things like that was neglected or uh, at the, the least it was not done in the manner in which it's normally done. Signature verification. When you send in your absentee ballot they usually match up your identification that you chose to use along with your autograph and a lot of states did not do that they went from like a one or two percent rejection rate in absentee ballots to like point one percent or point zero two percent which is unheard of but what took place was the Mark Zuckerberg and his wife foundation gave grants to certain boards of elections that needed help part of the stipulation to that grant was you count the ballots the way we tell you to you let signature verification slide a little bit you let you know uh, <clears throat> proof of identification like uh, in Ohio you have to provide the last four digits of your social security number or um, your drivers your state identification number your you know your driver's license or your photo ID they all have a little state ID number on them and that has to match what's on record with the Board of Elections also your signature has to match now we are not asking the people that work at the Board of Elections to be handwriting analyst the signature on record and the signature on the ballot whether it's the the poll book you sign or the mail-in ballot they have to be close together not many people sign their name the same way every single time okay in fact my signatures changed over the years I don't know how many times because I think I'm going to be famous I practice my signature <laughs> and I come up with some pretty ridiculous ideas uh, okay but um, this idea that this election cycle 2020 uh, speaking of you didn't need to, to check signatures there are signatures that are a squiggly line. There are signatures that are, appear to be a scribble. And there are people who sign their names that way. But did it or did it not match what was on record at the Board of Elections? So what happened was in the seven hotly contested states where there are allegations and rumors of uh, not necessarily fraud, but not not holding the election laws to the standard that they're usually held to or uh, cases of fraud maybe ballot harvesting all of these things these are the states that turned in two sets of electors Arizona Georgia Michigan New Mexico, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Now this says they, that the documents were forged. Uh, I don't believe that they were forged. Uh, that means that somebody else signed other people's names to it. And I don't think there's any Republican that stupid. This was done. They sent one set of electors, the electors that were certified uh, after the November election for Joe Biden. 
okay? But as all of this evidence and all of these accusations and, you know, they found voting machines that miscounted votes badly, uh, you know, like one state representative in Michigan, uh, it, they found that every time the, the ballot counted a vote, the, every time the Dominion machine counted a vote for him, it counted like two votes for his opponent or that, you know, uh, half of his votes were switched over to uh, a vote for his opponent. And in a hand audit or a hand recount, they found out that, oh, wait, this guy got like one and a half times more votes than what the machine counted. And the Republican ended up winning. They also found that the votes for Donald Trump in that county in Michigan were off by about, you know, two to one or one and a half to one. So every time the machine counted a vote for Trump, it counted a half a vote for Biden also. And when they looked at the ballots physically, they said, no, Trump actually has this many votes and Trump actually won the county. So as these inconsistencies and evidence and accusations piled up, these seven states certified two sets of electors so that they could send the Trump electors to Washington in the case that in a last minute miracle the election, the Biden electors got overturned by the House of Representatives or whoever. They would have the Trump electors right there to cast their uh, electoral vote for Trump. This is the first time it's been done to my knowledge in history that states have sent two sets of electors but this is the whole thing behind this January 6th committee bullshit. They're trying to find things to smear Trump and the Republicans going into the 2022 midterms, which they know they're going to lose, and they're going to lose handily. It's going to be a red tsunami because this president and this Congress have taken so many of our rights away in a, the matter of one year. People are fed up. Now, Republicans can't sit on their laurels and believe the polling that says they're going to win in a landslide. They're going to have to get out and work for every vote because we know the Democrats will cheat. They've been playing dirty for 24 years that I've been involved in politics. And by dirty, I mean breaking the law, breaking the rules breaking unwritten rules of how to run a gentlemanly or ladylike campaign, okay? When the Democrats or the media accuse Republicans of breaking, uh, trying to violate your rights, trying to take away your constitutionality right to vote, what they're talking about is and we're enforcing the rules. We want the rules to be enforced. And I've worked on many a Republican campaign where we've done everything within the rules to win. And the Democrats didn't like it. But it was within the rules. That was another time and another place and another part of Ohio. But Democrats just outright cheated. In 2004, there was a guy, he may have been to the left of the Democrats, to be honest with you, but he registered in every precinct in the city of Akron, 
over 400 precincts because he wanted to vote 400 times against George W. Bush. That's called cheating, stealing, robbing an election. <laughs> okay? So, remember whenever you see a headline about this January 6th committee uncovering more conspiratorial information. This, this isn't even news. This isn't even current events. This was known about, but not reported much in the media, that these seven states that were controversial in their election outcomes had sent two sets of electors to Washington in case something came about that definitively proved the election was actually won by Trump. But you're going to hear a lot of this because this is all the Democrats can do to hold on to power here in 2022 and coming in 2024. So, what else do we have here that was funny? Uh, Tucker Carlson versus Howard Stern. I really don't care about that as much, but... Howard is a germaphobe, and it, it's interesting to me how it, how far he's going with this COVID uh, phobia. If you didn't know, long time before COVID nineteen. When Howard would have various guests in his uh, on his show, going I mean going way back, there were very few people he would shake hands with. He might uh, he might hug a pretty porn star uh, or whatever, but he would not shake hands with many people. Because he said a lot of people don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom. Uh, you know, and, and he's right about that. Um, you know, he says, you know, he hates the the uh, bathroom hand dryers that are supposed to be uh, better for you because they're touch-free. And then uh, some report came out that, no, they actually... Uh, spread more germs because they're blowing all the air around them, uh, circulating germs, I guess. I don't know. Um, but he liked the uh, old-fashioned hand towel or paper towel dispensers in restrooms for drying your hands because he could then take the paper towel that he just dried his hands with and use it to open the bathroom door. So these remarks are not as much COVID related as they are Howard Stern germaphobe related, okay? And look, he's being a prick and he's attaching morality to the vaccine that doesn't work. The vaccine, which you can get vac the vaccine, you can, after you get the vaccine, still catch COVID, still spread COVID, and still die from COVID. Now, Stern way back said uh, the vaccine should be mandatory, F your freedom. Well, the vaccine isn't good for everyone. Some people are allergic to some ingredients. What about them? Uh, I guess he attacked Aaron Rodgers for not getting vaccinated. Well, we've already covered the fact that Aaron Rodgers is allergic to some of the ingredients and cannot get vaccinated or else it will kill him. Uh, but last week he's, he said that 
people who are not vaccinated should be denied medical treatment altogether. <clears throat> and there are hospitals uh, that are taking people off of transplant lists because they're not vaccinated. And they said, well, we're not going to give you an organ if you can just turn right around and die of COVID. Well, the vaccine doesn't work. Vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID, spreading COVID, or dying from COVID. And this is where Howard Stern and people <coughs> with a lot of followers, he's been one of the top uh, people in media for 30, 40 years now. And truthfully, I, I don't know. I haven't listened to his show since he's been on XM radio, except like once or twice. And he, a, a guy who got famous by being immoral and I was very in, entertained by his immorality. I'm not going to lie to you. But a guy who became famous off of porn stars making women do outrageous stunts and th uh, tricks and talk about sex lives and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And, yeah, uh, you know, the things that he did to the mentally handicapped, uh, like Beetlejuice was one of his characters, Gary the Retard, that was the name of the, the character, um, you know, uh, Gary the, Gary, I'll just call him Gary, Gary the Mentally Handicapped there, that's a little better, um, he got hooked up with a lot of strippers and porn stars and got a lot of love that he would not have gotten thanks to Howard Stern. But it was always uh, Gary the butt of the joke, too. So what I'm saying is if you're, if you're going to preach morality, if you're going to say this is a, a moral decision that everyone has to get the vaccine that does not work, that does not vaccinate, does not immunize you from the virus that it's supposed to immunize you from. Proven fact, Howard. You shouldn't be preaching morality if you made billions off of being immoral, vulgar and ignorant maybe not ignorant it's not the correct exact word but being immoral and vulgar and proud of it uh, some people say he's totally turned and he's no longer the slap happy porn addict funny Howard Stern that we grew up knew and loved you know people grow old they change with age He's got to be like 60-something by now. So, um, yeah, I can see, you know, maybe Howard's not as edgy as he used to be. Um, but he's being edgy and outspoken in other ways also. Um, and he's flip-flopped on issues before. I remember after 9-11, he seemed like a defender of George W. Bush. And then Colin Powell's son was head of the, the new head of the FCC. And then he turned on the Bush administration because the FCC started throwing fines at him left and right for things that happened in the past that went against the new regulations that Colin Powell's son put in place. I mean, I adamantly remember Howard Stern on normal radio, 98.5 in Cleveland, I believe, 
you know, talking about how, you know, celebrities were so stupid, like Julia Roberts is anti-Iraq war and anti-George W. Bush, and she's a high school dropout, and this person and that person on George W. Bush's cabinet has a degree from Harvard or this or that, and how I want the people with the degree from Harvard in charge, not you know, an actress who dropped out of college and not or dropped out of high school or whatever. So the guys all over the place, all eccentric geniuses that, and that's what it takes to be that level of famous that he is. All eccentric geniuses are this way, but Howard Stern is not an expert. He has no right to lead the charge of don't give hospital treatment to people that aren't vaccinated because the vaccine proof positive does not vaccinate you, does not immunize you from the virus. People have caught the, the virus, they've uh, passed it on, and they've died from it after their vaccine. So, amen, hallelujah, holy poop, shut up, Howard. <laughs> oh God, don't ever make that sound again as long as you live, John. Okay. So these famous companies are pulling out of China, which is good news. China still has slavery. They still have miners working uh, in their factories and this has been an issue for many years. You know, we used to make a joke of it. Oh, ha ha, sweatshops, ha ha. So funny. But uh, the things that the Chinese Communist government, and I want to separate the Chinese Commie government from the Chinese people. Because not everyone in China is a communist, and most of them are probably really good, sweethearted people. But what they've done with the Falun Gong uh, those people had very uh, pure DNA very healthy lives lived a very isolated life and their organs were worth a lot of money because of that this is not funny why am I laughing uh, they were the first victims of the Chinese Communist government organ harvesting and black market sell of organs. We have the Uyghur Muslims that were in a part of uh, a, a, an area that China declared it would, that it owned, or and they took these Uyghur Muslims and they put them in concentration camps and re-educated them into being good Chinese communists, including forcing them to stop speaking, stop speaking their native language and learn Mandarin, uh, including making them stop worshiping their god and pledging their souls and lives to the Chinese state or the communist government of China or the People's Republic of China, whatever you want to call it. And mind you, this is where the Olympics and Winter Olympics are held. <laughs> but let's see what famous companies we can now buy again uh, and not have to avoid because they uh, allow their products to be made by slaves. So as the U.S.-China trade war and dispute over Taiwan rumbles on, oops, and relations between the liberal democracies and Beijing uh, deteriorate due to everything from 
intellectual property theft to human rights violations and the eroding away of Hong Kong's autonomy, many globally renowned companies are deserting China. Uh, let's see here. Research firm Gartner, G-A-R-T-N-E-R, revealed that the third of or that a third of the supply chain leaders had plans to move at least some of their manufacturing out of China. Uh, well, let's get to the damn list of the fucking companies. <laughs> uh, okay, so manufacturing out of China before 2023. Coronavirus related sales slumps and supply chain disruptions as well as uh, rising production costs have also uh, hastened the exodus. Read on to discover which uh, world famous company. Well, that's what I'm trying to freaking do. Got all these dang ads in the way. I'm not clicking on any of this crap. So how do I read on, you idiots? There's 11 little photos for me to click on. And none of them continue the damn article. Well, that just ruins this segment, doesn't it? if we do that if it makes it better hell we'll do this you would know that you know by now after doing this since 2012 or 2009 I would, um, like, you know, know to pre-read these articles instead of just winging it because I like a headline. Alright, so here we go. Simple evidence. International firms in China have started to move or are thinking about moving production elsewhere. For example, Harley-Davidson, Apple, and Nintendo... Uh, Vietnam is often mentioned as a beneficiary of these shifts from China. I see which other countries might benefit from companies leaving China. Uh, it would be nice if the United States benefited from American companies making products in America. Wouldn't that be special? Um, where will they go index shows Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam, Taiwan, which may end up being Chinese property soon. Uh, India are likely to benefit from these production relocation activities. There will probably not be one big winter, winner, pardon me. As Trump will likely target... Well, Trump's not there anymore, so this is an old article. Um, but it's good to see companies moving out of China for moral and ethical reasons. Uh, the real reason is, is productivity and money. Let's not shit ourselves. But... <clears throat> this is... You know, one of those things where you gotta have a little morality in business I would hope um, <clears throat> you know in the 80s there was you know the whole there were uh, the whole everything was made in Japan pardon me 
and years prior to that too. Um, it, because that was, you know, a, a cost-effective place to do business. Taxes were low. Uh, we were helping them recover from World War II still. Uh, you know, the cost of labor in Japan was low. Uh, and then with time, Japan, um, you know, built a middle class and an upper class and uh, it became more expensive to do business there, but their economy still thrives because they're Japan and they have a great work ethic. I'm not going to kid you. Um, but it'd be nice to see, you know, some of these firms, um, and maybe Hollywood and the NBA get their heads out of China's ass. I mean, I, I like the new Star Wars trilogy somewhat, uh, but one of the lead actors was a black man. I don't understand why, but there's a lot of bigotry towards blacks in China. And he had to be taken off of the promotional posters to appease China. Uh, thankfully, John Boyega had such a big role in these movies, he couldn't be edited out of the movies entirely. But that's not unheard of for... people that the Chai Cons don't like to be taken out of a movie altogether. There was a video the other day um, of NBA players getting off of a bus in China and the NBA has like a half a billion dollar deal with China uh, where, you know, China makes NBA uniforms uh, but more importantly broadcast NBA games and there's a man yelling the N-word Chinese man yelling the N-word telling them to go home uh, let me or you try that in the, well let you try that. I won't because I like black people. But let some racist person in the United States yell, go home, N-word to an NBA player and watch them get, and much thankfully, kudos, but watch them get their ass kicked. And these NBA players are just walking by with their heads down while this Chinese citizen is yelling racial slurs at them and telling them to go home. Sold ye soul, NBA. I don't watch the NBA, so what? Thankfully, some other companies are moving out of China. What? Other things will move in. China will find a way to make money. You know, I like to talk about religion and God and Jesus. And it's become trendy and popular. Uh, these mega churches. No, this is not going to be a Joel Osteen trashing thingy. But every man woman, child, but we'll say man here because this is about a male pastor who uh, messed up. We all have our weaknesses, our demons, our sins, but you can't pick a church because it's cool. Now, I prayed a very specific prayer 23-ish years ago, uh, 19, 
1999, the fall, I asked God to find me a church with a lot of young people, uh, with one of those uh, bands, like rock and roll bands that play church music on Sunday mornings, um, and the prayer was answered. But I didn't go to the church because somebody said, oh, it's a cool church. Oh, the pastor's comical. I went there because I saw somebody who I, I had personally made fun of. Not to his face, thank goodness. Uh, but uh, we, we made fun of him because he had long hair and he always wore an army jacket. Well, he was in the army. It was his army jacket. We thought he like stole it or bought it at a thrift store, because that's what was trendy. You know, the hippies buy the army jackets at the thrift store, even though they hate the army. Well, anyway, uh, I, I saw this guy carrying a Bible. I said, "Oh, do you go to church?" And he said, "Yeah, you know." And uh, I was like, "Oh, cool. Well, what?" What church? Or, I don't know. Maybe he was like looking for the church. Like he had found the, because he went to the, um, the Assemblies of God churches, Pentecostal. And uh, anyways, he's like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, find this church that I heard about uh, or somebody told me about or whatever he said. And uh, I said, oh, cool. Well, I, maybe I'll go with you sometime. And, you know, then conversations evolved, and I said, hey, where, when are you going to church again? You know, obviously next Sunday. Uh, you know, what time? Like, okay, I'll get up and go with you. Now, he didn't say anything other than going to church. He didn't say it was a conservative church, a liberal church, a moderate church. He didn't say that, oh, there are uh, quite a few college-age kids at this church. Uh, he didn't say that the pastor is, you know, kind of middle age. I don't know how old Pastor Dave was at the time, you know, 40s or 50s, I don't know. Uh, probably 50-ish. Well, anyhow, you know, he didn't tell me any of those things. He just, we just said, hey, I go to church. I'm like, okay, you know, so we started going to church. And the church was built on solid foundation, biblical principles, biblical teachings. And so when you're picking a church, you've got to watch and learn and be careful. Don't go there because, oh, this is the church with 10,000 people. And the pastor's a rock star and he's got videos on social media and they got a big neon cross like this church i'm about to read this article about they literally have all those things i think some friends of mine have shared some of this preacher's preachings with me and he does it in a cool way and he wears the cool hipster clothes man and uh yeah he's monkey screwing um one of the ladies in the church um, <laughs> oops. So, I was, I have been fortunate enough to grow up in, in the church. Um, I've had my doubts, uh, when I was younger, like how, how can there be a God if I'm a nice person and I go to church and I put my money in the plate but I'm broke, and this guy over here that breaks all the, the rules of the Bible and the rules of the land is rich and is making money and has a pretty girlfriend and a good, nice car. You know, I fell into all those traps. and I, It's really been recently that I'm like, you know what? Let so-and-so have this political office. Let so-and-so have their car, their house. I'm with God, and my reward is in heaven. And when we get to the next life and eventually come back to this earth and Jesus is the king of the earth, I'll get my chance if that's what God's will is. Maybe he'll say, John, here's Ohio. 
this is yours to run now, or, you know, this whatever, you know, area, or they divide up the kingdom, how, whatever, John, this is yours now. You lead these people by my law and by my rules, you know, or John, you know, you, you, you helped people. I hope I help people. I don't know. Uh, you know, you were nice. You held doors for little old ladies. You're going to get this reward. You know, uh, a friend of mine used to use, you know, Princess Diana and Mother Teresa. And the, what, the week that they both died, there's a famous issue of People magazine and there's this big picture of Princess Diana on the front and everybody was buying they thought they were going to be worth money someday people were buying up these magazines with the picture of Princess Diana on the front not realizing off in the corner was a picture of Mother Teresa who turned down riches People would offer her money. She would say, no, give it to the poor. People would offer her, like, limousines to ride in so she could go do her whatever. And she said, no, I'll walk. Give that to the poor. And, you know, while everybody's focused on the big picture of Princess Diana, here's Mother Teresa, who's probably Saint Teresa now, or should be, anyhow. I don't know how what religion or how it works, whatever, but what denomination. Anyways, Mother Teresa is probably at the top in heaven, and I'm not even sure if Princess Diana is in heaven. So, here's this uh, thing about this... Um, this pastor of a mega church. Uh, it's from skeptical-science.com. So obviously they're probably not a Christian organization. Uh, it says obnoxious behavior by pastor causes popular venue. That's the name of the church. Venue church to implode. Um... Popular venue should not be the name of your church, first of all. It, it's not about popular anything. Well, okay, it's not about a venue. Like, a venue is like where you go to see a concert or an act or a play or a comedian. Church is about God, not about the guy standing in the front of the room. So, Venue Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, was one of those up-and-coming mega-churches that have become very popular. It rapidly grew and is now rapidly shrinking. What happened? Revelations via staff members concerning the behavior of the pastor Many full-time members have quit and explained in detail exactly why very publicly. Yes, it's the usual stuff. The pastor has been having inappropriate relationships with a worship leader who is not his wife. So he's evidently having an affair with someone who's not his wife. Or he's evidently married and is having an affair. <laughs> This is, however, not just about that. It's far, far more. The details are out. It's very much now in the public domain. Let's dig into it all. The report that not just one, but eight employees quit last week after confronting Pastor Tavner, T-A-V-N-E-R, Smith, Tavner Smith, these are individuals who had been uh, dedicating their lives to the church for many years and now felt aggravated or aggrieved, pardon me, ag so aggrieved that 
they needed to down tools and walk away. Issues of concern include not just infidelity of the pastor and some very dubious financing, but utterly bizarre hate behavior by the pastor. Uh, Helton told the Free, Pre- Free Times Press, Times Free Press, my dyslexia is kicking up, sorry. The lead pastor, you could not talk to him anymore. If he walked in the room, you had to stand up. You couldn't talk to him unless he talked to you in that room. And then you would be seated when he told you to be seated. That's a little dictatorship-ish, if you ask me. Here's another article about this. This was like actually the first one I read. Uh... When volunteers at Venue Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, arrived at their pastor's house last November, they were hoping to raise his spirits with a surprise visit. Instead, they got a shock. Pastor Tavner Smith, alone with a female church employee, her in a towel, and him in his boxers. Well, you know, maybe she just needed to shower off after they had sex. Uh, uh, The charismatic 41-year-old hurried to explain that the two of them had been making chili and hot dogs and got food on their clothes. Oh, wow, yeah, you know, every time I, I spill food on my clothes... I get totally undressed, wrap a towel around myself and whoever's here with me, you know, I strip down to my undies, I tell, you know, the other person, put on a towel, we have to bathe from head to foot because we spilled chili hot dog sauce on our clothing. (laughs) Yeah, okay, come on, dude. (laughs) Just admit you're busted and like... Say, you know, fall to your knees and say, heaven help me, God forgive me, I've sinned, I'm sorry. You know, if you're going to put on an act, put on a good one, you jackass. (laughs) Sorry, jackass isn't a very Christian thing to say. But, (laughs) okay, so, okay, so he tried to explain that the two of them had been making chili and hot dogs and gotten food on their clothes, according to one volunteer who was present but as the volunteer put it i don't think none of us was that dumb (laughs) it goes on to say if she dropped chili on her clothes why are you in your boxers she recalled was like y'all was y'all like throwing chili at each other (laughs) Oh, gosh. Former staffers and members and volunteers told the Daily Beast they are still struggling to come to terms with the mail storm uh, that left one of the country's fastest-growing megachurches in a shambles. Everyone used to say, venue is a cult, venue is a cult. And I was like, no, it's not. The volunteer who witnessed the chili incident told the Daily Beast... And now, as I look back, I'm like, I don't think I was in a godly place. So, yeah, man, these false prophets are going to be out there um, in these times. And, you know, people are seeking help, spiritual and mental and emotional help. And we have to be watching ourselves. Um, If you're going to get involved in a church, look, you have to read your Bible first. And if you've never done it, it may be confusing to you. But I I strongly recommend the uh, King James Version of the Bible, which is a little hard to read, but it's poetic written and it's meant to be read aloud uh, it's in old king's English 
Also, uh, the original Living Bible, that's a translation of the King James Version into like modern American English, uh, is a good one. Uh, but ask friends that have been saved and have been Christian for a while, you know, recommendations for a good Bible and ask for recommendations for a good church. Uh, if you know someone that goes to church, ask them if you can go with them. And you may not like what you hear at first, and that might be a sign that it's a good church. Uh, the churches to avoid are the churches to tell you what you want to hear. Um, I, for one, sin on a regular basis. I will be the first to say I'm not perfect, but I ask for forgiveness every day. So when I slip up and give in to sin I can be forgiven later so that's what we should be looking for in church not uh, a feel good place uh, if, the, if the pastor walks into the room and you have to stand up and you can't speak until unless spoken to that's not a good sign because that was definitely not the what, not how Jesus acted, okay? And here's something that uh, a lot of people fall into the trap of today. Oh, Jesus sat down with the, the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the sinners of his time. He sat with them, but he didn't sin with them. That is the key. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you Jesus sinned with the sinners. Uh, it tells you Jesus sat with the sinners and he turned them from their sins into saved forgiven people and turned them into leaders okay he picked up people that were down and helped them up because they wanted to help themselves even if they didn't know it yet but he did not sin with the sinners he sat with the sinners he loved the sinners he took them under his wing but he did not sin with the sinners so this is one of my favorite Christian alternative rock bands uh, Third Day when I first found that church that I was telling you about the pastor's son who was a kind of prodigal child rebellious youth uh, he listened to this band called Third Day and they've recently retired and the members have gone their separate ways, but are still doing uh, appearances and ministry in churches. They're just not a touring rock band anymore. This is called Soul on Fire. God bless y'all. Pray for one another. Pray for me. Uh, just pray. Talk to the big man upstairs. It helps. <laughs>